What you hear is the jungle of East Africa. I'm in Uganda, somewhere in the east of the country. The ranger has a Kalashnikov dangling over his shoulders, well, because you know, wild animals like bisons or hyenas or leopards or humans with more Kalashnikovs. And he's leading us along barely existing paths. Alex, our ranger, he explains how the few communities in this area live. And he points out plants every now and then. And he explains to us how they're used um, by, let's say, the local medical personnel. We would call them herbalists. Mmm, herbalists. That sounds nice. It sounds like tradition, like nature, like personally crafted potions that spite the pharma industry who only tries to suppress this old and vastly superior knowledge. And they, they share it for only... Okay, that's, that's a lot of chickens you want for one tea. Um, but okay, my, my fever is, is better, but um, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just be on my way then. Hello and welcome to Dosage One. My name is Stefan, I'm a pharmacist from Germany. And today we are looking into a tea. A tea that cures malaria. Or, or does it? So herbalists, they actually do two things. First, they handcraft traditional medicine. And second, they charge money for it, or any other equivalent. And usually quite a lot, more than people would pay at a pharmacy, actually. But the people here are willing to pay for it. So just like in homeopathy or any other pseudo-medicine, it's a lot about the surroundings, the atmosphere and the promises connected to this whole craft. But unlike in homeopathy, herbalists do prepare actual medicine, at least most of the time. And many of the plants they use have been subject to research and they've been found to work for many illnesses. Often the herbalist is also the most skilled and educated person in a rural community, at least when it comes to medical issues. So they certainly do have a place here. But of course, there is a big but coming. Let's look at one plant that I got to know during my time in Uganda. It's used against one of the region's most notorious health issues, malaria. So let's check the signs and let's check what the herbalists are actually doing. And why it's dangerous, not only to the people living here, but also for us, for, for you and me. Let's talk about standards in medicine and let's talk about quality. So there's your uncle. He's been working with cars for his entire life. And yeah, he's pretty good at it. Or at least that's what your aunt says. So when your car breaks down, he offers to make you a new one. Yeah, a new car from scratch just for you. 
He finds all different kinds of parts, he puts them together, well, somewhat well, and hey, the thing drives in the end. Even in a straight line, at least most of the times. Only you can drive it though, with all its quirks and personality as your aunt calls it, and it doesn't take too long until the car breaks down for the first time. And only your uncle can fix it, because, well, who else? And suddenly you find yourself riding the bike more often, until you can afford another, well, normally manufactured car. This one is boring, it has no personality and it drives perfectly straight. You can lend it to friends, it works reliably and if not you know where you can get help. Well, maybe that's what you actually want from a car, right? So now you've tried two options. One is rather unspectacular, but it gets the job done. The other is, uh, let's say, artistic. Well, spectacular and artistic are two words that we are usually not looking for when it comes to dealing with our health. We want stuff that is reliable. It has to work a hundred times out of a hundred tries. For everyone. Always. Well, and for that to happen, we need to ensure quality. Now, quality is a word that you hear and probably say way too often. The word quality actually means making sure that something has the properties that it is expected to have. Meaning a quality car has four tires, it drives in the direction you want it to, and the car shop nearby knows how to handle it. You might call a lot of things a car, but if they don't fulfill certain requirements, they fail the quality test. So for a medicine that means we need systems to ensure that every pill or other preparation that ends up in your throat contains exactly the right molecule in the exact right dosage. And these systems exist. Oh dear they do. There are thousands of pages of regulations. Each batch of medicine fills folder and folder of documentation related to it. And there are tests of all the raw products, there are tests of the final product, uh, during production, during packaging, in the pharmacy, and independently from various organizations later on, to find batches that for whatever reason fail the quality test at some point in their lifespan, meaning that the medicine doesn't have the properties that you would expect it to have when you take it. A herbalist, however, is worst case just a dude preparing you a tea. He doesn't do quality checks, he doesn't have a precise definition of the preparation in the first place, he handcrafts it and therefore it's not standardized. There are no perfect tools, no check of the raw substance and its contents. So you get the idea. The whole concept of quality dies, but your malaria does not. Ah, oh, right, malaria. There is, in fact, a tea that cures malaria. I got to see the plant during our hike. It's called Artemisia annua in Latin. Just cut it fresh, put it in boiling water for a few minutes, drink it and watch your fever go away. There's quite some research on this plant and we know which molecules are responsible for all its effects. Now the issue is this has been found to work most of the time. Studies show that about 70% of malaria patients will recover with the help of this tea. Sounds good as long as you're not part of the 30% and that's where the problem starts. 
And it continues with misunderstandings, lack of knowledge, and in fact financial interest on side of the herbalists. But let's talk about malaria first. Malaria is a parasite. It's basically a tiny, tiny worm that a mosquito injects into your bloodstream from where it walks off to your liver cells, where it has a good time with all the junk that you put through your liver. Once it's grown up there, it goes back to the blood and it multiplies until your blood cells burst. The next mosquito will suck up that blood that is full of that parasites and the cycle starts again. I know the whole thing is a bit graphic, but that is nature. So just from this description, you can probably already guess what having malaria feels like. It's plain miserable. Depending on where the parasite is within its life cycle, patients have fever, they have headache, they vomit, they sweat, they are tired. It's like the whole package. If malaria is not treated, the patient is likely to die. Almost half a million people are killed by malaria each year. That's more than the whole nation of the Bahamas or, or Iceland have in inhabitants. Each and every year. So although for most Western people it feels like something almost alien or something that you have to take care of when you go visit an exotic country, it is a very real issue in those countries. And it affects mostly the people on the African countryside, where there is little to no access to healthcare, and it affects the physically weakest among them, meaning mostly children and elderly people. And those are mostly in the hands of the herbalists. Now, humans have had several ideas as to how to deal with malaria, either with medicine that blocks the parasite from growing to stuff that just kills it. And modern-day malaria medicine works great. It's well researched, it has few side effects and isn't even too expensive to make. So it's much more about the access, which is more of a logistical problem, but it's also a problem of belief and willingness. Because if you're a herbalist in a small village somewhere in the middle of Africa, would you really welcome that charity that is showing up with all those pills? I'm not even saying that this happens out of bad faith. But if you are the local authority in terms of health and you have built up trust among the people around you for decades, it's your identity and it's your place within the community. You can barely allow others to undermine it just like that. So naturally, these conflicts on local and human level are not easy to handle. But information is easily accessible nowadays. Most people in the Western world and really also many people in the African countries that are directly affected by this do have all means to make an educated decision. There's the internet, and education and training are vital parts of any charity's work, not just handing out pills that otherwise might just get ditched. Nonetheless, misinformation is widespread, even or especially in the Western world. Just ask yourself, if I would present you two alternatives, one is a white pill, and the other one is a tea and I label it as organic and natural. Which one do you think you or people you know would choose? So let's take a closer look at the information and misinformation that is out there, at the actual therapy with Artemisia annua and with its alternatives.
But now people think, well, there's that tea, and it worked for my aunt, so why would I buy those pills if I can just handle it myself? The biggest Ugandan newspaper, New Vision, even recommends growing your own Artemisia annua in one article. And it promises to solve all your malaria-related problems like this, because it's basically for free, and if the World Health Organization recommends something that is kind of the same, that's cool, right? Well, it, it really isn't. So first things first, let's go back to the quality stuff. When you prepare a tea, you have very little control over how much of the stuff that you want in the water is actually gonna end up there. You know all those quality checks, like making sure your raw substance is the right one, contains exactly what you want it to and make sure afterwards that this actually ended up where you wanted it to be? You're doing none of that. Studies have shown that the content of the active ingredient, so the stuff that you want in your tea, varies depending on the plant type, its genetics, the soil, the climate, the processing, the storage conditions, all things that you can control in specialized facilities. But we are talking backyard or hiking trip here. So to give an example, let me ask you, can you control how much caffeine your coffee has? If you're a seasoned coffee drinker, you'll have your routine and you will probably hit quite a steady amount of, let's say 50 milligrams of caffeine in each cup. But now make a coffee for your older brother. He happens to carry double the weight, so you need to nail 100 milligrams. Are you gonna do that? You'll probably end up in a range from 80 to 120, which would be pretty good, but you can never be sure. Maybe you just opened a new fresh pack of coffee that was ground differently, so the caffeine extracts much better. Or maybe your brother did a diet since you last met and he didn't get to tell you yet because well, you're just making that coffee and he's wearing that old worn-out t-shirt again, so there's no way for him to tell you yet. So maybe you're about to make your afternoon way worse because you're giving him way more caffeine than what he's used to and he's gonna kick your butt in Super Smash Brothers again like in the old times. What I wanna say is, there is a lot of different factors at play. And homemade only works when you don't need precision. But if you really wanna get rid of malaria, Precision is imperative. Like any living organism, that malaria parasite adapts to changes in its environment. You might have heard of bacteria developing resistance to antibiotic, which actually is one of the biggest challenges to humanity in this century. Malaria is no different. Some medicines are useless in some area already due to wrong usage. And a resistance can develop when you underdose a medicine. So you're basically just killing the weakest parasite and give the others a training ground to figure out how to deal with this challenge. And if you overdose, you're gonna suffer way more side effects than you need to. Maybe causing even more trouble than you've had before. And also keep in mind, you're at a herbalist. There is no professional diagnosis. You probably came here with some fever and headache, which could be pretty much anything. Who knows if you even have malaria? Fun fact. The words for fever and malaria are the same in several local languages of the area. You might end up with a malaria diagnosis for a little cold you've got, or end up the other way around and treat your actual malaria with cough drops, because your dictionary said it's just a fever, although he said literally malaria and you'll die miserably and, even worse, confused. So as a bottom line, therapy for a potentially deadly illness is tough. 
and malaria is actually one of the more complicated ones. Many, many factors, both medical and cultural, are at play here when you deal with something that complicated. If someone made you a car at home, you'd probably be concerned about your safety. Rightfully so. And medical treatment should be approached with similar suspicion. So advice like grow your own anti-malaria plant in the backyard is dangerous. It can hurt you and it will hurt others because you are likely to breed a resistance. The World Health Organization recommends a certain medicine for a reason. And now you understand why it might not be that cheap either. Because a lot of people make sure that it actually works. So all in all, if this plant, Artemisia annua, is your only option, well, go for it. It's the best chance you've got. But don't make it sound like a valid or even preferable alternative to a standard treatment. It isn't. This was your dosage one. Administered by Stefan Ruck, who is writing, editing and producing this show from his living room in Frankfurt, in Germany. You're welcome to join me on my journey to find out more about what makes us humans tick. Follow this show on wherever you're listening to your podcasts, find me on Patreon or get in touch on Discord. You'll find links in the description. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time.